Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Twitter at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. People have their opinion. What other falsehoods are out there? A lot of the perception things about us. Are players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming and with our ability to to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we we can make a substantial leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now. My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago, following every Bulls game this season. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. And we are at Locked on Bulls. You can hit us up on the emails, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Facebook, Facebook.com slash LockedOnShyBulls. And of course, our text and voicemail line always there for you, our fellow Bulls fans. That number is 331-979-1369. Again, 331-979-1369. Happy Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. It being Wednesday, we will do plenty of mailbag content on today's show. And uh, hopefully everybody out there is enjoying their holiday. Hopefully most of you are already where you are if you're doing some Thanksgiving travel this year. So, uh, Bulls have a... What should be a winnable game coming up against the Golden State Warriors tonight. Late tip-off out there in California. A lot of people talking about, man, if the Bulls lose this game, is that the one that finally is the straw that breaks the back? Is that the one that leads to a figurehead firing of Gar Foreman? We'll uh, touch on some of the uh, most recent rumors going on about that. Um, Is this the one that, that leads to Jim Boylan's firing? You can't beat the Warriors who are losing on purpose. The Warriors, the once mighty Warriors who actually have the worst record in the NBA coming into tonight's Bulls-Warriors game. If you can't be that team with a fairly healthy roster, yes, still no Otto Porter Jr., but if you can't beat that team, how do you continue to back this coach? So, with that, let us dive right into our mailbag, and let's start off with some of our friends on Facebook. A couple of uh, partly related um, messages here from people on Facebook that have to do with Lowry Market and his recent struggles. Rob on Facebook says, I think the issue with Lowry is partly his home life. The kid just had a child recently and sleep cannot be a premium. I believe there may be injury there as well, but the heart for the game is not paramount in his life right now, in my opinion. Now, I, I this isn't the first I've heard of this. People saying, "Man, you know, maybe Lowry's life is just you know exhaustive right now. He's he's got a young son. Maybe his head and his heart are not totally in the game because he's a new young parent." Um, and Rob also touching on the fact that there may be an injury that Lowry's playing through. 
I am still holding out hope. I it's weird to hope that there is an injury that it, that that is more serious than than what we are being let on because of course you'd never want one of your key players to be playing through injury or dealing with an injury, but it would at least offer an explanation for just how flat, how weak, how soft Lowry has looked through the first near 20 games of this season. Um, and then, the, the like, the parenting thing. I, to me, like, that's not an excuse. Um, a, a, as a Lowry defender, as someone who still wants to believe in Lowry's potential and that, that there's some funk going on right now, I know that that must be a lot. And I'm not speaking from any experience. I myself am not a parent. But even as an uncle who occasionally chases after little ones, I know how exhausting that could be. But, I mean, it's not like Lowry's the only player in the NBA who is a young parent. You know who else is a young parent right now? John Morant, one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year. I mean... Young NBA players, many of them have girlfriends or wives early on in their careers and become parents very early in their NBA careers. And I, you know, obviously we don't know to what extent some of them are involved as, you know, the parents in their children's lives more so than others. We had that just, you know, the funny moment recently when the Blazers were in town and Mello was like FaceTiming with his son, uh, (laughs) who, you know, uh, the phone uh, from, from, uh, Mello's son's uh, mother was being held up, you know, just like a few rows back in the stands. But, you know, we don't know. We don't know, you know, who are, you know, uh, A-plus dads who were absentee dads. Like, that's none of our business, really, as fans. What our business is is how they perform on the court. But, I, you know, this is, again, as I said, this is not the first time I've heard this uh, mentioned by a Bulls fan. Like, maybe it's the fact that Lowry's a young dad and he's just not sleeping well. Um. But I mean, I'm sorry, like, I don't, that's not an excuse. I'm I'm not saying that that players should put their focus on the game more so than than being good parents. But clearly, some are able to do that. Some are able to do both. So to me, it's not an excuse for what Lowry's shown us right now. The playing through an injury might be an excuse. We don't know whether or not it is. But being a young parent, I'm sorry. Like, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Um, and similarly, on Facebook, in the world of Lowry and his struggles, Joe says, hey, guys, if Lowry doesn't improve, I hope this is just playing through an injury. What do you think about a trade with the Pacers for either Miles Turner or Sabonis. Cheers. Thanks for checking in, Joe. Uh, Of course, you know, Bulls fans are starting to play with the trade machine because that's how poorly the season has started. Um, And, uh, you know, Joe mentioning what we were kind of just talking about a little bit, which is the possibility that Lowry's playing through an injury that we don't know about. Maybe the oblique from a few weeks ago that we heard about is still giving him an issue. Maybe he's playing through some back problems because we know that he has some of that in his rearview mirror. And then, of course, maybe there's also something to this heart condition that we heard about last season that most of us believe was just the Bulls being overly cautious and sitting Lowry down in a season where they were attempting to lose games down the stretch. There was a a, a reason that they could sit Lowry. Oh, well, his heart rate was a little high after that game. 
So we're gonna we're gonna be careful. We're gonna shut them down. As for the trade, um, look, I, I've never been that impressed with Miles Turner. Uh, I think right now he might be a little bit overrated. I don't know if he pushes the needle all that much for this Bulls team. Sabonis, I really like. I think Sabonis can turn into an even better player than he is right now, and he's already a pretty darn good player. Um, you know, of course, I loved watching his dad uh, just dominate, even though his dad didn't come to the NBA until the back end of his career professionally. Uh, the dude was a force. Um, and I, I I enjoyed watching him, and I enjoy watching Sabonis Jr. He's a good player. But again, to me, it's right now not about the hypothetical specifics of which player, which trade, which team. I still think that trading Lowry right now because of this slump he's in would be a, 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 a folly, unjustified panic move. I think this offensive system is doing Lowry no favors. There is a share of responsibility for Lowry himself and his teammates and his coaching staff for the fact that he is so uninvolved, so like separated from what's going on on the offensive end right now. And coupled between that and whatever struggle and slump this is that he's going through and maybe also playing through an injury, I think it would be foolish to trade Lowry right now. I do not want to trade Lowry until we get rid of Jim Boylan and see what's going on here. So that's kind of the the mud that I'm stuck in right now as far as what I think the Bulls should be doing because I don't know if they are actually going to admit their failure in hiring and extending Jim Boylan and firing him. But I don't want to trade Lowry until Jim's gone. So that's the unfortunate position that we're, we're stuck in right now. And I don't, I don't want to trade Lowry right now. I think it's too soon to say Lowry is a lost cause. Thanks for checking in to our Facebook friends. And the next one comes to us from Jack on the text line. Hey, guys. My name's Jack. I'm 20 years old. For me, the Chicago Bulls are my life. I rarely miss games. I consider myself a Bulls fanatic. But watching this Bulls team, quote-unquote, compete just makes me sick. The only people that have heart on this team are the youngest, that being Kobe White and Wendell. For myself, I've never experienced what it's like to have a dynasty-level team that was fun and exciting to watch. Just for some perspective, I was born in 1999. (laughs) I'm so sorry. The Bulls have had eight, I repeat, eight winning seasons since I was born. This front office has single-handedly ruined my childhood, Bulls fandom, with the mistakes that they continuously make with no repercussion, and I don't know how much longer I can take it. Thanks for checking in, Jack. And I apologize for the Bulls that you have had to watch. As someone who was born in 87, just after the Bears were good and the only Bears Super Bowl victory, that's kind of how I felt about the Bears my whole life, being a Bears fan. I've seen them go to one Super Bowl and lose, and I've seen some winning seasons here and there scattered around, but for the most part, the Bears have been a disappointment my whole life. You could say the same thing as a Cubs fan, which I am. At least in my childhood, I was blessed with the Jordan years. I remember bits and pieces of the first Jordan dynasty, the first Jordan three-peat in the early 90s. The back-end three-peat in the late 90s, I remember very well. It basically was my my childhood. 
I was obsessed. Jordan, Pippen, Rodman. It was amazing. It was the greatest show in the world. And it was such a happy part of my childhood. And I feel terrible for Bulls fans who are younger, who never knew what it felt like, who don't know what it feels like to have a Bulls team that is on top. The reason that there are so many Bulls fans everywhere, the reason that we here at Locked on Bulls have listeners all over the globe, not just here in Chicago, not just around the United States, but in countries all over the world, is because of Michael Jordan and those Bulls who won six championships in eight years when the NBA was soaring in popularity. That's the reason we're all here. And I feel badly for fans who are too young to not know what that was like because it was magical. And that's why, you know, as much as I give them a hard time, the the Rose stands, I understand that especially the younger ones, that's all you have. A couple of years where the Bulls were good but not quite good enough and much like all the other teams in the 90s that never won anything, Patrick Ewing's teams, Reggie Miller's teams, the the Malone Stockton Jazz, Kemp and, and Peyton's, you know, Sonics, all those teams that never won anything because of MJ, you feel the same way about a Bulls team that wasn't quite good enough and never won anything because of one LeBron James. So I understand that, you know, searching for nostalgia and not being able to really feel anything, it sucks. And Jack's point about, you know, kind of being sick and and not knowing if he can take it anymore, I, I don't blame you. We're not even 20 games into the season, and I guarantee you a significant portion of this fan base that did come into this season with higher expectations, higher hopes, a bit of optimism, looking for internal development, liking the pieces they added in the offseason, have already checked out because this team is 6-12, and 12, led by a clown of a coach, and players are regressing, not improving. And I don't know how and when this changes. And to younger Bulls fans who have never seen anything but this, I certainly feel for you because I know what it's like as a fan of other teams and it does suck and it's just it's up to every fan and their individual commitment and how much they're willing to tolerate I don't know maybe we'll get a change or a couple of changes sometime soon if things continue to go south based on a couple of different rumors that are going around right now All right, before we get to more mailbag content, just wanted to let all of our Locked On Bulls listeners know how they can make some mad cash this holiday season with my bookie. For this week only, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose the team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. But if you lose, congratulations to you as well, because my bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team 
can walk you through the whole process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDONNBA and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, back to the mailbag grind. This one comes to us from the 319. Is the Zach Levine, Jim Boylan drama just going to end up being an excuse to trade Zach and keep Boylan? This helps Zach get to a new team, and Boylan stays as coach while having an excuse for the fans. Now, when Jordan and I were talking on Monday, he and I agree that if the Bulls were to make a panic move to do something, to change something because of this poor start to the season where they had playoff expectations, that it would likely be trading away a player and trying to bring in a different piece to add to this roster to fix things that way, and not because they really feel that that is what's needed, but because they have to protect themselves and thus protect the coach that they swore by. Because they can claim, at least, and for a while try to sell the narrative, that Zach Levine is the problem. Jim Boyle is not the problem. Zach Levine is the problem. We still believe that Jim Boyle is the right guy to lead this team, so we're going to change up the team. We're going to change up the players. Because at least then, even though they are the ones responsible for bringing Zach Levine here, and if he isn't the lead guy, if he can't be the star of your team, the 1A player on your team, and that is also on them for thinking he could be, at least that is a decision they made a little more far into the past where they can feel like, oh, it's just it's about fit, and Zach's not fitting. Whereas they they gave Jim Boylan an extension, what, like six months ago? And doubled down on him being the right guy. So firing Boylan is way more of an indictment on their incompetence than if they say, ah, we just got to mix things up and we're going to trade Zach. So I certainly understand what this texter is saying. And I think for the most part, Jordan and I are in agreement that the more likely thing is that they're going to trade somebody and not fire Jim. However, we have heard these recent rumors that, uh, of course, started with Joe Cali for the Sun-Times, um, who posted on Tuesday a piece about how Jerry Reinsdorf is, quote, livid with this poor start. And that, at least according to Cowley and his sources, signs are pointing to Gar specifically being on the hot seat and maybe about to get the axe. To me, that would be a figurehead firing that doesn't change a whole lot because Gar is, you know, mostly at this point way less powerful than he used to be. This is Pax running the show, 100%. And now, of course, the the special advisor, Doug Collins. And it sounded, at least in Cowley's piece, that Collins is one of the people who might want Gar gone because Collins was so unimpressed with Gar thinking Fred Hoiberg was the right hire. 
before they actually did a coaching search, which they didn't do. So you can't equate firing Gar because you're blaming Gar for Jim Boylan's failures because Jim Boylan is not Gar's guy. Fred was Gar's guy. Jim Boylan is Michael Reinsdorf's guy and to an extension, John Paxson's guy. So firing Gar doesn't really, in my opinion, solve any problems. I've also heard from different sources, not Joe Cowley, that it's not necessarily a specific Gar heat seating up situation, but that, yes, Jerry Reinsdorf is mad. Yes, they are very upset about this poor start to the season and are not necessarily hot seat, but getting close to making changes if things don't improve. They're not saying it's panic time, but they're saying it's worry time. And that it is more of a it's more of a like a like an organizational it's a, a shortcoming of the entirety of the organization that players are not playing as well as they should, and that it is not just on guard. That's what I'm hearing. So even so, they still might decide to to use Gar as a scapegoat. There have been plenty of scapegoats over the years that have protected Gar, but maybe we have got, finally got to a point where. They need to fire somebody. And because of reasons I just explained, they can't fire Jim yet. So they they fire guard to appease the fan base because clearly I think most of the fan base is ready to see Gar gone. But most of the fan base wants Gar and Paxson gone. But it's like, well, we'll give them something. You know, we'll, we'll give this fan base, you know, the, the carrot on a string. So that, you know, we can keep people around, maybe get some fans to buy back in. Because guess what? Attendance is down. Viewership is probably down. And fans, based on what we were sold at Media Day, are largely disappointed. And we have every right to be disappointed. We have every right to be ticked off. The 815 says, would you sell your first round draft pick next year for cash considerations if it means it's used for a boil and buyout? <laughs> um, this isn't really a, a, a realistic hypothetical. Um, no, I would not sell our first round draft pick this upcoming draft in 2020. It is, I think, um, compared to recent draft classes, you know, even though everybody said, oh, the 2019 class was a lot weaker than. 17 and 18 which is true I think this 2020 draft class is even weaker uh even so that being said with this Bulls team still clearly lacking a star player that actually could get this rebuild off the ground I don't think the Bulls are in any position to sell a draft pick so I don't know if this texture is, is saying this tongue-in-cheek or is actually a real suggestion but if it's a real suggestion, my answer is, hell no, you're crazy. This team cannot afford to give up first-round draft picks, especially if things don't turn around and they stick with Boylan and they're back in the lottery. That is not an asset that you can give up right now. And to me, it's not about Boylan's money preventing them from firing him. Bulls fans are saying, oh, you know, they're so cheap, they wouldn't pay, you know, multiple coaches. Right now... Fred Hoiberg's Nebraska contract is offsetting the final year of his deal, which is this year. So it's like two and a half of five that they're paying Fred. Jim Boylan, although he did get a raise as he was, you know, named the head coach and given the extension, it's it wasn't a huge raise. And he is, based on what we know, and again, we don't have firm figures on on the, the number, 
on Boylan's contract as far as a dollar amount, but most people believe it's in the $1.7 million annual range. So that, coupled with Fred, is not that much. But, and then of course, you know, so moving forward next year, with Fred's contract off the books, you could pay Jim Boylan to go away. You could pay Jim Boylan to go away, and it wouldn't be that much money, and you could bring in a new coach. To me, that's not what's preventing the Bulls from firing Jim Boylan right now. It's not the money. And it's not the money in saying, all right, well, we got to pay three different coaches this year, two of whom we're paying to not coach. We're paying to go away. That's not the crux of the matter. They can't fire Jim yet because they can't so quickly admit that they made a stupid hire. They have to give him at least one year, one full season at the helm to say, we gave this a shot, now we're going to take it in a new direction, but we appreciate everything Jim did for this young team. To me, that that's the answer. It's not about the money. It's about saving face. How often is that the answer with this organization? About saving face. More mailbag coming up in just a second. First, want to give a shout out to our sponsors at Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. And if you're listening on the go or you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this offer and all other offers from our Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Hi, gents. I wish the Bulls would invest in hiring Nowitzki as a personal coach for Lowry to bring him out of this slump. That comes to us from the 808. Um, I, I absolutely love this idea. Um, you know, my buddy John from Bulls Outsiders, of course, being in addition to a Bulls fan, a diehard Mavericks fan and a huge Dirk Nowitzki fan, has uh, has has brought up this idea as well, um, you know, in, in much the way that Hakeem Olajuwon has mentored and taught and coached some of the younger you know bigs of the next generation in the NBA and that just you know it's not necessarily just a lazy comparison of people who saw Lowry coming out of the draft who were like oh it's a Euro kid who's seven feet he can shoot threes he's the next Dirk Um, obviously that would be the sky high ceiling comparison because Dirk is a hall of famer and you know all of the accolades on his NBA resume and maybe Bulls fans hoping that that would be Lowry ceiling were hoping for a bit too much but that doesn't necessarily mean that Dirk could teach Lowry some of the things that that he knows about how he developed his skills in the NBA because Dirk was not a star right out of the gate it took Dirk several years to develop his his full arsenal of weapons on the offensive end and we have seen Lowry kind of show us a, a, a versatility to offensively what he could do, not only shooting threes, but driving. He's developed that, you know, that kind of drag step shot. Still hasn't really developed many post moves. Um, and, and maybe Dirk could help him out. I, I mean, the, the, the one hang up here is I think that Dirk Davitsky is essentially a maverick for life, even in retirement. And he is still very much entrenched in that organization. So, you know, and other than Lowry and Dirk having a couple of interactions, um, and and we we do know that Dirk has you know expressed that uh, you know he he has 
high hopes for for the player that Lowry can turn into, and he's impressed with what Lowry showed through his first couple of seasons in the NBA. I don't think that they're that close, like personally. And I think you would need to have a, a, a more established relationship between retired player and current player for that kind of training relationship to to evolve. And sadly, this is not a retired player who is very much so a bull in a bull for life who he could work with on a regular basis. Right now, Dirk is trying to figure out how to help, you know, Luca and Kristaps become the great next duo in the NBA and, and develop their skills because Dirk is a man for life. So, I, I mean, would love that. Would love Dirk mentoring Lowry and maybe that helping Lowry get out of this lump he's in. But I don't know how realistic it is that that might actually happen. All right, we'll take one more and then we will get out of here. The 815 says this whole three-pointer layup or die thing kills me. Zach has a beautiful wide open shot in the middle and basically is not allowed to take it. Instead, he drives to the hoop, takes an ugly contested layup attempt and turns it over. Um, this is a very good point. Uh, this is, I think, a real issue with the Bulls offensively right now. And it's not just with Zach. In fact, um, I want to say Brandon on Twitter recently pointed out that the Bulls are not using Wendell offensively as best they could and are really hampering him and all of his teammates around him on the offensive end by not letting him shoot mid-range. We know that Wendell has not really been a focal point of this team's offense yet, despite what we think he has the potential to do on that end of the floor because of what we saw him do at Duke. You know, coupled with the fact that he's an 80% free throw shooter, and he did in limited attempts, knock down some threes in his college career, we have not seen him shoot confidently anywhere other than right at the rim and I think right now, this season, we're seeing even less of it because of his instructions from his coach. And this uh, this Brandon guy who pointed this out on Twitter with a a you know a replay of one play where Wendell gets the ball essentially like right around the the free throw line area, and he has nobody guarding him, and the Blazers have packed the paint defensively, and Wendell's not even looking to shoot that, largely because he's probably being told not to shoot that. Well, and guess who liked this tweet explaining what's going on with Wendell offensively? Wendell. Wendell Carter Jr. liked a tweet uh, that was highlighting his lack of aggressiveness to shoot an open mid-range shot because of Boylan's instructions. It's subtle, but people noticed it. People took notice of it, and it sparked this big, long conversation among Bulls fans on Twitter. So clearly, despite what he might be saying in the locker room, because he is a you know, a, a team first guy. Wendell already is, you know, expressing to us the the maturity and integrity he has as a team player. But a little like on Twitter, and we maybe are starting to get a little bit more of the truth with Wendell's frustration. That the Jim Boylan in this three pointers layups and nothing else system is not working and his team is not buying into it. Because it's causing issues. As our texter just pointed out, Zach tries to drive the lane. The lane is crowded with defenders because nobody has to guard in the mid-range. And Zach ends up turning it over, missing layups. The Bulls are leading the league in attempts at the, at the rim, but they're worse than field goal percentage. Why? 
because teams are packing the paint defensively because the Bulls aren't shooting well from the three-point line and aren't shooting any mid-range shots whatsoever. If Wendell started knocking down some 15 to 20-footers that defenses had to respect, then you bring defenses out away from the rim, and that leaves lanes open for Lowry and Zach and backdoor cuts and all kinds of other opportunities at the rim. Seems simple enough, right? That's one of many ways in which Jim Boylan and his scheme right now is failing this team. And Wendell specifically. Dan Bernstein wrote a great column the other day for 670 about essentially like a an apology piece from Bulls fans to Wendell Carter Jr. because of how poorly Jim Boylan and his staff is misusing Wendell. And a lot of people believe that for for all of the crazy performances that Zach can give us every once in a while, like last Saturday against Charlotte, for all of the hope around Lowry being the next great thing for this Bulls organization, Wendell might actually be the one with the highest ceiling and the most developed skill set already, even though he is younger than both of those guys. And the Bulls are misusing him. Our pal Ricky O'Donnell went on SportsFeed last night and talked about how the Bulls are u- are misusing Wendell Carter Jr. And, and and I talked about it on yesterday's show when I was breaking down the Blazers' loss. It's not just on the offensive end, but they're taking away one of their greatest strengths of Wendell, the defensive player, by asking him to you know use these defensive blitz scenarios where he's being drawn away from the rim. Wendell is still a net positive player on the team, one of a few. And he's doing so even dis- like not because of, but in spite of what his coaches are making him do. You're bringing your best rim protector away from the rim because of the defense that your coach is running. I mean, it's it it seems so blatantly obvious that it's so maddening that that Bulls fans who are not professional coaches who did not play NBA basketball or even college basketball. But watch the sport and have for several years and know what they're looking at to say, what, is, is it more complicated than, than we think it is? Because right now it doesn't look very complicated. It looks like you are misusing one of your greatest assets on both ends of the floor. And clearly Wendell feels the same way. If we believe a, a sneaky little Twitter like that brought up the fact that hey Wendell is not being used and has looked has never looked for his shot and probably that's because he is being instructed to do so or to not do so and he's a guy who's going to listen to his coaching. He is a team first guy and he's going to do what he is told. Whereas sometimes Zach Levine hijacks the offense and says to hell with you and your stupid fucking system. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Wendell is trying to be a team player right now. But based on everything we've heard from Wendell, he understands. He gets it. He knows what's wrong on both ends of the floor right now. He's just polite and trying to not cause any friction, any tension in a locker room that clearly already has some issues. So, yes, 
Our texture is absolutely right. And I think a lot could be fixed on both ends of the floor if they started using Wendell more appropriately. That's it for today. Uh, appreciate everybody who's hitting up that text to voicemail line as well as our, our inbox via Gmail and those of us uh, using the Facebooks. Um, hope everybody out there has a wonderful and safe and happy Thanksgiving. Um, eat too much. I know I will. And, um, you know, hopefully the Bulls can get us a victory tonight against the pitiful Golden State Warriors so that we're not sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner table talking about just how much of a dumpster fire this Bulls team is. At least maybe for a day we could be talking about a victory instead of another inexcusable loss. For my partner, Jordan Malley, Matt Peck, saying you can always follow us on Twitter as well. Bulls underscore Peck, Jordan C. Malley, and Locked On Bulls. And keep those texts and voicemails coming. 331-979-1369. Appreciate all of you out there at Bulls Nation. Times are tough. We got to stick together. Until tomorrow, have a wonderful holiday. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy your naps. Hopefully we can get a Bears victory tomorrow. Hopefully we get a Bulls victory tonight. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com 